Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, you wake up in the morning and you can't find the children anywhere in the house. And after searching high and low, you go outside and you look across the backyard to the neighbors and your children are sitting on the neighbor's deck having breakfast, candies for breakfast. We were hungry and you were asleep, mom and dad, so we went to the neighbors and they fed us candies for breakfast. Well, how would you feel about that? You might raise an eyebrow, but you might think it's a little bit funny. But what if it happened at supper time? Again, you couldn't find the children. Where are the children? You look across the yard to the other neighbor, and there's your, there are your children on the deck eating ice cream for supper. Now, it's not so funny anymore, is it? Especially if it happens day after day. Your kids can't live off ice cream and candies. And when your kids are hungry, when your children are hungry, where do you want them to go? To whom should they turn if not their own mom and dad? Mom and dad are there to take care of them, not the neighbors. The neighbors may be very nice people, but it's mom and dad whom God has given to take care of the children. Well, that's kind of the situation that we live in spiritually as God's people in this world. There are a multitude of gods fake ones, jostling to provide us with the things that we think we might need. One of the greatest gods of our time is actually the state. The state which is more and more in a, in a world which is declared God dead, in a, in a world which is declared that believing in God is something foolish and regressive and primitive. The state fills the vacuum, and the state says, from cradle to grave, we will take care of you, we will keep you safe, we will feed you, we will make sure you're healthy, we will provide. Well, that's just one of the many gods in the modern pantheon that are inviting us to put their trust in them. You think of the gods of, of RRSPs or, or investments or, or, or things like that, where we're, we're putting all of our hope in those things to take care of us now and in the future. Or we have certain plans, and if those plans for our career and for our house and for this and for that just all come together, then I'm going to be set for life. Then I'm going to be set up for a comfortable and long and healthy retirement. Or we can have certain people that we latch on to and say, this person can make me happy. This person can give me what I need. This person can provide meaning to my life. Well, it doesn't matter which kind of idolatry it is. All of the fake gods cannot satisfy and cannot really provide what we need. And so... This afternoon, as we come to Lord's Day 50 and we, we reflect on what the Lord Jesus is teaching us when he tells us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, our attention is drawn, first of all, to that second part of the answer. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. We sang Psalm 146 this morning, put no trust in prince or ruler, in a man however wise, 
God is the only one who is perfectly and always trustworthy. God is the only one who always provides and sustains. And we just sang about that in Psalm 145 again, and we will sing about that after the sermon in the stanza, in the last stanza. So when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're not praying in the first place for bread. We're praying for changed hearts. We're praying for a radically transformed focus in life. We're praying that God, the Holy Spirit, would do something in our minds, in our hearts, so that we focus on God. God loves me. God takes care of me. God is my provider. And so we turn to him. And we ask him what we need. And the Catechism says, we were asking God to provide us with all our bodily needs. Well, what are our bodily needs? The Scripture says if we have food and clothing or food and shelter with that, we shall be content. Our bodily needs aren't really that much. What we need to live in the situation and the circumstances which God gives us to live in. We're asking God, Lord, give me what I need when I need it so that I can serve you faithfully in the office and the life that you've called me to live. And so when we, wanna, when we ask ourselves the question, is this something I can bring to God in prayer? Is this something I can ask God for? We need to first ask this question. Will this thing help me to serve God? Do I need this thing to serve God faithfully in my office? And we are to ask God for our daily bread. And the word daily used here in the Lord's Prayer and in other parts of Scripture is a word which kind of makes you think of, of a daily ration, a soldier drawing his, his daily ration. The soldier who is fighting the good fight, who, who's doing his job on, on the battlefield, is not going to say to the quartermaster or to the, to the, to the cook, he's not going to say, listen, give me six months of rations so I can fight today. Because if he's loaded down with six months of rations, he's going to die. He's going to get shot. He can't run around and do his job. He just asks for what he needs for the day. And that's what the Lord Jesus tells us to do. Give us this day our daily bread. Because God will worry about tomorrow. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. You remember the Lord Jesus, or you remember that God taught his people that lesson in the desert so long ago as they were walking through the desert on the way to the promised land, which is a picture of us walking through this broken and deserted a desert of a world to the new heavens and the new earth. Then the Lord rained down on them bread from heaven, and they were to gather it just enough for the day. You remember, children, what happened when they thought, well, what about if God doesn't come through tomorrow? I better collect a little bit more. And it rotted and it got worms. It, got, it went spoiled. God was teaching them trust. He was teaching them dependence. And we don't like that, do we? We want to have everything figured out for today, for tomorrow, for next week, for next month, all the way into the future. We want everything figured out. We want to feel safe and, and taken care of and, and everything provided for, for as far into the future as we can think. And God says, no. That's not the way to live as a Christian. You ask me for what you need for today, and you trust that tomorrow I will be there for you. 
because I am the same today, yesterday, and forever. And so it's an act of faith, brother and sister, to pray this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And as we pray it, we are acknowledging the only fountain of all good. We're, we're asking the only one that can really take care of us to take care of us. And as we read through the scriptures, we see that over and over, that the, the scriptures remind us that God is the one to whom all human beings ought to look, but even every creature looks to God for their needs. You think of Psalm 104, for instance. Psalm 104, verse 21. It's just a, such a beautiful picture of, of the creation and the, and the and the governing of God of the, of the universe, Psalm 104. And in verse 21, the scripture says, The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. God provides food for the animals, big and small. He provides food for people, rich and poor. And you look at how the psalm comes to a, to a climax later on in verse 27. Psalm 104, 27, these all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. So the scripture makes it very, very clear that every creature depends on God's faithful provision. If there are good things to be had, if there are good things to be received, if there are good things or good gifts that will come to us, there is only one from whom they can come. James says that in chapter 1, verse 17 of his letter. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? It's from above. Coming down from who? From the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. There is no one else who can give good gifts. All good is from him. And that's why the Lord Jesus tells us to go to him and to ask him. Because it doesn't make sense to ask anybody else. No one else can respond to that prayer if, except God. Well, if, if God gives us our daily bread, if God gives us what we need and provides us with all our bodily needs, why do we get out of bed in the mornings and go to work? I've worked with people and communities in South America that said, well, God told me to live by faith. And I'm just praying, Lord, give me my daily bread, and I'm just sitting here at home watching TV, and, and somehow God's going to be faithful to his promises. He's going to take care of me. It's surprising that people actually fall for that kind of foolishness, that kind of bad teaching. We read the scriptures, we know why it's wrong. Because God provides for us using means. The ordinary means of his faithful provision is through our faithful work. What does Paul write to the Thessalonian church? 2 Thessalonians 3.10, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. There are exceptional circumstances in which people can't work, in which case they're taken care of in different ways, but all things being Equal, all things being normal, people who can work ought to work. That's the way God answers this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. You see that in, in another psalm, Psalm 128. 
if you have your Bible open to that, Psalm 128, you see how God puts that together. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat what? The fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. That's the blessed life. That's receiving blessings from heaven in the way of our faithful execution of the office to which God calls us and the work which he gives us to do. So we have to work hard if we can. And at the same time, we have to pray hard. That's the Latin phrase, ora et labora, pray and work. They go together because you can work as hard as you want But if God doesn't bless it, it's not going to do you any good. And that's what we confess here in the first part of Lord's Day 50. Our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. And the scripture makes that clear as well. You can work and work and and you can be industrious and you can pour yourself into all kinds of projects and you can come up with great and glorious projects in your own little kingdom. But all that work, unless it's blessed by God, is just going to crumble into dust. Think of Nebuchadnezzar. Children, you remember Nebuchadnezzar? He was warned in a dream, but he didn't listen to the warning. And there he was on the roof of his palace looking out over his great city, and he says, is this not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? And you know things are about to get, go very, very wrong for this man because he has lost the plot. He's lost his understanding of what life is all about. And so he's plunged into the judgment of God. He is humbled. He's taught a lesson that without God's blessing, you work as hard as you want, but it's going to end up in nothing. And that reminds us of another psalm, doesn't it? Just one psalm before the last one we looked at. Psalm 127, those very, very well-known words. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep, or another translation is, he gives it to his beloved while they sleep. And so, Children of God, they work hard, but they also work in the proper rhythm that God has placed into creation. They work hard and they rest daily, weekly, on an annual basis, because they know that their work is not what they trust in, but they trust in the provision of God. And so a believer will work as hard as they can in the time they have, And when the time has come to an end, then they spend time with their family. They spend time resting. They spend time eating or exercising and doing the other things of life. They do not make their work into an idol, into a God, because they know that their work does not provide for them. God does. And God is quite capable of providing for our bodily needs without us being enslaved to our work. And I think that's a warning to a lot of us, isn't it? If we're enslaved to our work, the point where it's becoming something pathological, where our wife, our children, our husband, uh, our our other 
aspects of our life are suffering, then we have to question whether we really understand the meaning of this part of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. When we work hard in a godly and biblical way, God blesses. He blesses with provision. The food is on the table. And when the food's on the table, what do we first do, children? Before we start eating, what do we do? We give thanks, right? Lord Jesus teaches us that also by his example. We don't just tear into the the meal, into the food like hungry animals, but we stop and we acknowledge where it comes from, whom it comes from. That's what our Savior would do when he was here on this earth. He would, before he ate, every time, you see it in the, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels, before he ate, he would lift up his eyes to heaven and give thanks. And that's why we give thanks before we eat. We have asked for daily provision, and God has given daily provision. And so we thank him for it. Now, the Lord Jesus teaches us to pray for our daily bread, that means to ask God for all of our bodily needs. The Greeks had a saying, the ancient Greeks, their saying was this, be careful what you ask the gods for, they might just give it to you. And that applies also to the true God. Be careful what you ask him for, because he might just give it to you. If you ask God for wealth and all kinds of toys and opportunities and luxury and and, and comfort and all those kinds of things, if those things are on your heart and on your mind, he might just give it to you as a judgment, as discipline, to teach you the folly of living in vanity fair, a life of lusting after the pleasures of this world. A Christian is careful to ask God for his daily bread. We ask God for the basic necessities. What do we need to get through another day's travel as we pilgrimage through the desert of this fallen world nearer and nearer to the promised land of the new heavens and the new earth? We know who to look to. We know who to ask. We know who will provide because Jesus taught us. How does the prayer begin? Our Father. Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. He knows, and we know, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so God doesn't just provide for our bodily needs. He provides the attitude change, the heart change that we need so that we have trust, so that we have faith, to look to him for everything, to find our satisfaction in him. And so at this table, he gives us himself. He provides bread from heaven, the bread of life. You know, out there, all these false gods are jostling for our attention and demanding our worship. And they may give temporary comfort or pleasure, but in the end, They leave us with an eternal gnawing hunger which will forever leave us unsatisfied. But our Savior kindly hears our prayers. He provides what is needful for our bodies to continue on the path of pilgrimage. And he feeds our hungry and thirsty souls with his crucified body and shed blood. 
This is the table of the feast of faithful provision. This table says, I am God. I am faithful. I sustain you. I provide for you. So don't go running to the neighbors to have candy for breakfast or ice cream for supper. Don't go running to the neighbors when you need something. Come to your father. He loves you, and he takes care of you. So let's celebrate the feast of faithful provision. And as we do so, let's do it with prayer and praise to our faithful provider. And I'll end with this last psalm, Psalm 36, verses 5 to 8, because what we're about to sing connects to it. Psalm 36, verses 5 to 8. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. So let us come, let's take, let us eat, and let us drink. Amen.